The ability of a father or husband to do a fast nadarim, to annul their wife or daughter's neder, is bound to only the day that they hear the neder. That doesn't necessarily mean that they heard the nether itself being made, and it could be they heard it a week later. The point is, on the day that they hear that their wife or daughter made a nether, they have until the end of that day to annul the nether if they wish to do so. And that is what this Mishnah is coming to tell us. can be done all day for the rest of that entire day that he hears it. And yes, this law is sometimes going to be lenient and sometimes more strict. Kate said, how so? Not If, for example, she makes a neder on the night of Shabbos, on Friday night, according to the Torah, the day begins already from the night time. So he would have the entire rest of Shabbos to do Afaras Nadarim. Yofa Beleli Shabbos. He's able to do Afara for the rest of Friday night. Uvyoma Shabbos. And for the entire day of Shabbos, Ajtechshach until it gets dark and Shabbos goes out. On the other hand, Nodraim Chashecha, if she made a neder just before it got dark at the end of Shabbos, right at the end of the day, the Mefa Ajlei Techshach. He must do his Afara until it before it gets dark. Because once it gets dark and Shabbos goes out and he hasn't yet been Mayfair, he hasn't yet done his Afara, done his annulling of the Nether, he is no longer able to do Afara because his maximum time limited for Afara has ended. Now, the reason why the Mishnah picks an example of someone who makes a neder on Shabbos specifically, even though this would certainly apply every day of the week, is in order to tell us an additional halacha on the way. And that is, Hatoras Nadarim, Hatoras Nadarim, which is when one goes to a Talmud Chacham to annul his neder, the last Mishnah in Masech Shabbos tells us that that cannot be done on Shabbos. It's not considered something which is necessarily for the needs of Shabbos itself, it's more of a weekday activity, and therefore it's forbidden on Shabbos. I would have thought the Hafaras Nadarim would be the same. So the mission is coming to tell us that Hafaras Nadarim can be done on Shabbos. What is the reason for that? Since the entire prohibition to do Hatoras Nadarim on Shabbos is only Midyabonon, and if we would apply that prohibition in the case of Afaras Nadarim, then that neder would never again be able to be annulled, because you only have until the end of that day, so it would be a far bigger stringency in the case of Afaras Nadarim to forbid it on Shabbos. And it would also destroy her enjoyment, she would be sad over Shabbos, and there is a mitzvah to enjoy oneself on Shabbos, Oinig Shabbos. And if she would realize that her neder would never be able to be annulled, because on Shabbos it won't be able to be Jabonon, and after Shabbos it's already too late, then she would be sad, and because of that, one is able to do our fast nadarim on Shabbos, since that's the last opportunity to do so. Regarding Hataras Nadarim, there's no limitation on which kind of neder one can do Hataras Nadarim on. Anybody can do it, as long as you have a Pesach, some sort of consequence which you didn't necessarily think of at the time of the neder, one can go to a town Chacham and do Hataras Nadarim. However, it is learned from the Pesukim talking about Hafaras Nadarim that Hafaras Nadarim can only be done on two types of Nadarim. Either it has to be a neder of Inui Nefesh, which means that she suffers as a result of that neder, the neder causes her distress, she's abstaining from something big, or if it's something which is Dvorim Shabay Noilaveyna, that means that it affects the relationship between her and her husband, or her and her father. Now, according to the vast majority of Rishonim, this applies to both the father and the husband. 
both of them are only ever able to do Afaras Nadarim on these two types of Nadarim. However, the Rambam does hold that this only applies to the husband, whereas the father is able to do Afaras Nadarim on any kind of Neder. Be as it may, there is a difference, there are two main differences between a Neder which is Inui Nefesh, which causes her suffering, and a Neder which is Devarim Shabbat Nodavina. And both differences really emerge from the same point, and that is, Devarim Shabbat Nodavina, things which affect their relationship, he can only annul that neder to the extent that it affects his relationship. So if, for example, she makes a neder not to benefit from anybody in the world, let's say, he would be able to annul the neder only concerning himself. So he would annul the fact that she can't benefit from him, and after that, Afaras Dorim, she would be permitted to benefit from him, but still forbidden to benefit from everybody else. In addition to that, even once it has been annulled, it is not annulled forever. If she is then divorced from this man, and then goes and marries somebody else, as soon as she marries somebody else, there's now a prohibition with the to remarry her original husband. Which means that she no longer has any relationship or connection or potential relationship with her original husband, and therefore, though he annulled it, the neder would come back. The moment she marries somebody else and is therefore no longer able to remarry her original husband, her neder would return, and in the, in the example we gave before, she would be forbidden again to benefit from her original husband. And this period begins, the following of the Nadorim, which a husband or father, at least according to most Roshayinim, is able to annul. And the Mishnah only lists the Nefesh, things which involve her suffering and her depriving herself of uh, something considered significant. So the Mishnah implies that only in Nefesh she can annul. What about Dvarim Shabbat So the Gemara explains that the point of the Mishnah is to say that these Nadarim he can annul totally. Whereas when it comes to Dvarim Shabbat there are limitations as we just described. Now it's important to note that it's not only regarding Nadarim that they can be cancelled or annulled. All of the halachs which we've been learning about Hataras Nadarim and Afaras Nadarim, that applies to a Shavua as well. One who makes a Shavua that he will not do a particular action, the laws of Hataras Nadarim and Afaras Nadarim apply to that as well. So the mission now gives an example. If somebody says, Im Erchatz, if I will wash myself today, if I will bathe today, and the Gemara explains the case is where she makes a neder, that if I will wash myself today, then I'm making a neder not to wash myself for the rest of my life. So I might have thought that this is not considered to be inoy nefesh, because she could just not wash herself today, and then she would be permitted for the rest of her life. But according to this opinion in the Mishnah, even withholding oneself from washing for one day is considered to be inoy nefesh for her. Therefore he would be able to annul this neder. And similarly, if she makes a shavua v'im loy erchatz, that I will not wash myself, that also he would be able to annul. On a similar note, if she says, Imeskashet, if I adorn myself with jewellery or makeup today, then I'll be forbidden for the rest of my life to do so. Or if she makes a Shavua of Imleyaskashet, that I will not adorn myself with makeup or jewellery, according to the Tanakama, all of this, even if it's only for one day, that comes comes under the category of Inui Nefesh. However, Omar Biyaisi, Biyaisi said, These are not considered to be Nadorim of Inui Nefesh. Now, Biyaisi does imply that the husband or father might still be able to annul the Neder. It's not considered Inui Nefesh, but it might be considered the Vormishman her not washing herself might very well affect their relationship, and therefore he would be able to annul the neder. However, the limitations which apply to a neder of Dvarim Shemir Levena 
then it's only considered annulled to the extent that it affects him, those limitations would apply according to Rabbi Mishnah base. So according to Rabbi the Elohim Nidoni Nefesh, what would be considered a neder which is considered significant enough that it's considered suffering. For example, Omrev, she said, Koinom Alai. She made a neder against all of the fruit of the world upon myself. So then he is able to annul this neder. Now it doesn't necessarily mean every type of fruit. It could be that she said a particular kind of fruit, but any of that fruit in the entire world. So that is considered to be in a nefesh. However, according to Biasi, if she said Paris Medina Olai, the fruit of this particular country or this particular area are making an error against those, then he's not able to annul it. Because he could just bring her fruit from a different country. So it's not considered to be suffering. However, according to the Chachomim, it could be that fruit isn't always available in a different country. Or it's much more difficult to bring it from another country, and therefore it is considered to be inoy nefesh. Similarly, if she said, the fruit of this particular shopkeeper are making a neder against those. So again, a quantum BIC, and Yochalafre is not able to, to annul that neder, because he could just buy it from a different shop. However, if he would always buy the things which he needed from this particular shopkeeper, and because of that, the shopkeeper knew him, and he was willing to sell him things on credit that he would pay back later on. So in that case, it's not just that he's got an option of going to a different shop. If he hasn't got enough money, then he won't be able to buy things from a different shop because they won't let him. This particular shopkeeper lets him buy on credit. And in that case, he would be able to annul the neder. These are the words of Rebiyasi. But according to the Chachomim, even a much lower level of suffering would be enough to allow them to make a net to annul the neder. Mishnah Gimel. If she says, I'm making a neder, that I will not benefit from people. The word Briais doesn't include her husband. She doesn't refer to her husband as a creation, as a person. Briais literally means a creation. It's clear that that doesn't include her husband. And therefore, in Yochelahafer, he's not able to annul that neder because she is able to benefit from him. And as well as that, she's able to benefit from the gifts to the poor. A farmer is obligated to leave certain parts of his produce, parts of his harvest for the poor people to come and collect. And those gifts are considered to be ownerless. They're not considered to belong to their original owners. And because of that, when she takes it, it's not considered that she's benefiting from the original owners. So she's able to benefit from leket, which is the individual stalks which drop to the ground during the harvest, which one needs to leave there for the poor to come and collect. Uva shikha, shikha are the forgotten bundles which one forgets in the field. He can't go back to collect them. He needs to leave them for the poor people to take. Uva peya, peya is the corner of one's field which one needs to leave for the poor people. Now, of course, if her husband is wealthy, then she can't take the leket she can't pay her. Those are only for people who are poor. But if her husband is not wealthy and he is indeed poor, so she can't necessarily gain from him, in that case, she would be able to gain from Leket Chikran Peah, since she would be considered to be poor. Alright, the second half of this Mishnah is more sidetracked, hasn't really got to do with the laws of Afaras Nadarim. But the Mishnah says that if somebody makes a neder, I make a neder that Kohanim and Levim are not able to benefit from me. Now one has an obligation to separate from his produce, truma and maisa, various gifts for the Kohanim and Levim. Now in general, when it comes to truma and maisa, the owner of the produce has the right to choose which Kohanim or Levim to give the produce to. However, once he makes a neder that no Kohanim and Levim can benefit from him, he is no longer able to choose that I'm going to give it to you. 
for this particular coin that would be benefiting the coin. Now at the same time, certainly he can't just keep the Truma and Meiser. He has an obligation that it go to a coin or a Levi. So the Mishnah says, Yitru al-Korchoi, any coin or Levi can come and take it against the will of the owner because he has no right to withhold them from taking it. Since the owner himself cannot keep it for himself, so really, he doesn't really have any ownership anymore over the Truma and Meiser. In general, perhaps we consider that he owns it in terms of the fact that he can choose who to give it to. But once he even loses that ability, so the Truman Mice is no longer considered to be his, and any Colonel Levy can come and take it. However, if somebody makes a nether against particular Koyanim, Koyanim Elu, or Levium Elu Nenim Li, I'm making a nether that these specific Koyanim or these specific Levium cannot benefit from me, so in that case, he still has the ability to choose which Kohanim or Levim to give the Truma Meiser to. In which case, he is still considered to be the owner of the Truma and Meiser. In which case, other people must take the Truma and Meiser, whoever he chooses, but he would not be able to give it to those people he made the nether against, since that would be considered that they are receiving it from him. Whereas in the previous case, any Colonel Levy can take it and benefit from it, even though they are not able to benefit from that person, since it's no longer considered to be owned by him. Whereas in our last case over here, it is still considered to be owned by this person.